going on, everybody? Tom Quiet here, your faithful host, your grateful host, your whatever host, whatever you want to call me, I'm glad to be considered that. As long as it's not asshole, because that'd be kind of rude, wouldn't it? But we are back. We have another great live and amplified jam session podcast for you. We have a great musician from right here in Central Texas. He swung by the apartment slash lab slash studio, whatever weird uh, nicknames I can give it. Um, He swung by a couple weeks ago. We sat down, we chatted, we played some great music, and it was just an all-around good time. So, that being said... I wanted to just jump on here really quick before the podcast, get you guys fired up. We got an amazing jam session. We got an amazing, amazing fan feedback artist for you. And then we also have an ultra amazing cover song with the typical show shout outs. And I think you guys are going to really love this episode. It's going to be sweet. So no need to uh, beat around the bush anymore. Let's just get get into it. Let's go. Let's get it, guys. What are we waiting for? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, we are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. I was born in a rain on a bunch of trains Underneath the Louisiana 
everybody to another live and amplified jam session i am your host tom quiet and we are here live in waco texas and i'm sitting here with a very special guest who just got done playing a band of heathens cover song uh, ethan smith how's it going today ethan oh man it's good uh first off thanks for having me uh much appreciated not a problem definitely uh, been a day yeah. so. <laughs> why did you choose that song to open up with i definitely i love the soul in it um while the original um the original hurricane was much more honky tonk uh, band of heathens took it and they put a, a heavy uh heavy backwoods soul into it and I, I really love that and it's very inspiring to my own original music so let's jump into that uh how has it inspired your original music well i mean it it, it just kind of sticks to the the roots of things um more more or less i, I like real you know I, I don't tend to make up the stories or anything and and that song just feels real you know it tells a story and it's something you can relate to when when it's just kind of from the heart and emotional and that's where my originals come in is it's very more emotional and based off of uh real life events so what got you into music originally so i was raised uh, in my stepdad's family um very musical family i mean every instrument you could think vocally and um you know i'd i'd grew up watching them play guitar on the back porch and around a campfire and i don't know one one year i asked for a guitar for christmas and i got it and um, my first guitar i mean it was, it was crazy i was 15 years old it was just a cheap behringer but uh, after that i mean i spent hours and hours playing and just fell in love with it so you'd mentioned before we got started here that you originally started in a metal band correct? yeah yeah I, I, what, what was it about metal that kind of drew you towards that I think it was the rebellious state, to be honest. Um, I mean, you can't tell now, but like back in high school and middle school, I was kind of more of an emo kid, you know, straight black, long hair, all all the spikes and whatnot. Um, But and I I grew up listening to country and Metallica and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I want to do something different. So I I got into heavy metal, some, you know, deathcore, screamo, crabcore, stuff like that. And um it was fun. It was fun for a while while it lasted. We toured to Denver and back, and then 
I just I couldn't afford it, so I quit the band and I gave up music for a bit. And well, here I am now. So what kind of once when you quit, what inspired you to get back into? Man, so I had quit music for about four years um, originally. So I quit the band and I did pop punk solo acoustic. Um, it didn't take off, and honestly, I sucked at it. I was I was terrible. Um, but I quit, and my girlfriend actually she she was like, "How come you never touch your guitar anymore?" I was like, you know, I just, I don't feel like it. And so I had moved to Gatesville and I, I met a fellow musician, Taylor Branch out there. And, and, uh, he invited me to come out to one of his gigs on a Thursday and he got me on stage. And I mean, it was awesome. Uh, after, after that, it was just, I was hooked and I went from rock and roll to country. And ever, ever since then, that's where I'm at. So you'd always been kind of accustomed to the country music, people playing on the back porch, just kind of jamming. But who are some of your musical influences as far as country goes? Oh, man. Um, country. So, oddly enough, um, Aaron Lewis, I mean, even from rock to country, um, Aaron Lewis is a big vocal um, inspiration for me. Um, I like his subtle, kind of more softer vocals. I really like kind of the party factor of uh, Brantley Gilbert. I really get that grunge factor from him, which... Um, I enjoy a lot so those would have to be probably my two biggest influences and then of course with the most uh more recent um co-wetzel so we're gonna have you play an original uh what song are you gonna play for us so i, I have uh, two singles out actually right now and i'm gonna play the first one which is uh roots and i released this with the band dirt road rebellion so um this one's called roots okay what's uh what's kind of the story behind it so the story behind that um the music scene now is just so hard to uh, grab a following. I mean, with social media and everything, people still seem to find it hard to just click a like button on, on Facebook. But I find it hard. But, you know, people get discouraged when they play a show, um, empty seats, and they're like, all right, well, I'm done with music. And this song Roots is all about you got to start somewhere. You know, you, you, music's in, in my soul. You know, it's it's literally in my roots, as I described with the family and everything. And and in the chorus, it says, I'm going to play to an empty seat or a packed house. And, and that's just kind of more of a, trying to be an inspiration to other musicians coming up.
mentioned that it was one of or one of two singles that you currently have out right right or what's your creative process like let's start there first honestly um it's never ending to be honest um the, the, i mean i can create a song in my sleep it's it's kind of hard to explain you know um i have a music room in my house uh, much like private studio kind of thing um and i'll sit down and i'll just kind of hit record on the laptop and just get to playing with something um messing around normally i'll i will lay down a guitar track first just messing around and and if it sounds good then i come up with the lyrics from there and they normally just hit me um i, I don't try to force it um, normally if i try to force a song it sounds cheesy and um i if i'm if i'm not in love with it i know my fans won't be in love with it so it just kind of comes down to that and it takes takes a while but i mean it's a good time though and I, I take it since are you building towards an album or you know so I was I, that was kind of my original plan was to drop one single um, then like a five song EP and maybe hit a small tour and then finish it off with an album um, but I recently got to meet a, um, a famous producer by the name of Symbolic One or S1 as most people call him um, 
I met him at MCC, which was really cool. And I asked him, I was, I was like, what's more important, uh, being signed to a label or staying independent? And he said probably the biggest thing he's ever done was go independent. And um, he said majority of the people he sees um, coming through the scene are dropping more singles than albums because, I mean, no offense to a lot of the people out there, but can can the world out there really hold the attention span for more than five songs at a time? Very true, very true. I actually met a uh, symbolic one, what was it? not this past week, but the week prior. Yeah. Because uh, Lindsay Lippman, I work with her. She just released the hip hop doc and he was right. coming through the station uh, okay. helping her do some promo work. So I got to meet him very briefly. He was out the door or he was on his way out the door. So it was just like, hey, you know, but that was really cool. He's a very inspirational guy. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Since you're really not working towards an EP or an album anymore, you're just kind of releasing singles. How do you decide what songs you're going to release? Obviously, you write more because you have to fill a whole set right. than you're, what you're going to release. But how do you decide, okay, this is one that I want to release? You know, um, kind of odd. I, I, take, I take advantage of the open mics. You know, we have a growing music scene here in Waco. Um, and in particular, my favorite open mic is uh, Tuesday Nights. And I'll go over there, and it's more of a country crowd, rock crowd. So if, if I got a song and that I had just recorded and I'm on the edge about releasing, like, you know, should I, should I not? You know, I normally play like two songs and I'll tell the crowd like, hey, you know, I got this one and this one. I'm going to let y'all decide, you know, whichever one they react most to is, you know, clearly should be my next one. Because if the people love it, why not? So, Do you record your own stuff or do you go in with a producer? So, I mean, I'm kind of broke and jobless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But so I, I try to record my own stuff. Um, my my single, She Ain't Coming Back, um, I actually did on my own. Um, and if you listen to it, it's a very simple. I mean, I did the drums and everything. It's not very complex. Kind of wish I would have been a little more patient with it. But um, Roots, I went into Automized Productions, which is my buddy Ryan Hegefeld um, here locally. And, and he did a, did roots for me, which was really cool. Cause I mean, studio drums and the lead guitar was phenomenal. So if I have to pick on future songs, definitely production. Going back to what got you into music and all that stuff. What was it about the guitar that drew you instead of like drums or something else? You know, crazy enough though. Um, drums was my first choice. Oh really? Drums was always my first choice. And I think it's just about any kid can grab a pen and drum on a table. And that's kind of where I got, and I don't know, um, when my stepdad, he was, he's a guitar player and, and that inspired me more to see him always doing guitar. It just seemed, I guess, more the easy way out. Now, was he a professional musician himself or was he just kind of play at home? And so he was more of a play at home. Um, yeah. he had a couple demos that he had recorded, which are phenomenal. I wish he would have gone further with them, but his brother, my uncle Mark, he played, I wouldn't say famous professional, but you know, he played locally in a couple bands. Um, I believe he did a tour um, back when he was going to MCC. And then my grandpa, uh, Kenneth Vasoka, he was uh, played steel and sometimes rhythm guitar for the Starlights, which was an old band around here. So I, I guess you can say I was definitely inspired from nope. a lot of more local famous people. So. Perfect. How often do you get to play out? Do you, or do you mainly stay in like Waco, the Waco area? You know, up until recently, I was mostly Waco area. Um, I kind of, the furthest I've traveled was basically a frame between Gatesville and Hillsboro. So I guess you can say I'm still Waco local, 
but um, I'm trying to move north with the music. I hear Dallas has a decent, Dallas Fort Worth has a pretty decent Texas country music scene, and I would love to get in the door over there. No, not going south towards Austin where everyone else seems to. Man, Austin is just so saturated. Yeah. And I hate to be the rebel about it, but getting your foot in the door in Austin is no better than me playing at a local bar here in Waco. I had I was interviewing somebody yesterday and we were talking about the Nashville music scene and mm-hmm. how they were talking about they had an opera, they had a choice uh, when they graduated graduated high school they could either move to Nashville for three months or they could go tour for three months like just go hit the road and play right. every and they chose to hit the road and they're like it was the best decision I ever made definitely definitely yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of anti-Nashville I mean in yeah. Austin and Nashville are about the same thing and uh, I'll stick to Texas yeah. all day long let's go ahead and uh, hear another original okay. uh, what are you what are you thinking about playing man so I'm gonna do a tribute a tribute to the the grandpas out there the inspiration like my grandpa teaching me music and um, back before my band had left me, um, we we had wrote a piece about their grandpa too. So this song is actually called Yellow Rose. So when their grandpa died, uh, the drummer and bass player were cousins. And when their grandpa died, they placed Yellow Roses out. And he was a truck driver, so he did millions of miles across Texas. And then, of course, my grandpa being a musician, and it's just kind of a story about the the men who inspired us in our lives and the the cool thing about the chorus is um there are six different titles to uh, famous songs that meant something to our grandparents and to us as well so um yeah we'll go ahead and do that one Took some 
What's the reaction like when you play that at a show? You know, it's it's kind of mixed. Um, I'm, I've played it at some shows, and there have been people ball, you know, like straight cry their eyes out. And then I've even actually had somebody come up and say, hey, man, let's uh, pick up the pace. You know, that was kind of a little depressing. Let's try to do something a little more um, positive. And I'm like, well, I guess, you know. It, it, it kind of hurts to hear that too, but, um, I mean, my family enjoys it. Um, you know, my ex drummer and bass player, their family loves it. And, um, you know, I still play it occasionally for them uh, to this day. So, you know, I, I could really care less what people think at a show. I'm going to do it anyway. Gotcha. And, <laughs> and it's perfect response. So one thing that, uh, you had brought up in the little pamphlet thing that I had sent you and we talked about briefly was that you auditioned for American Idol. Yes. What was that experience like? Oh man, honestly, not my, not my best. Um, I went out there, um, and I, I did, um, Mike Ryan's sad song as my audition and, you know, spent six hours in line before, I mean, three hours before I actually got to the door and inside, they took my brand new pocket knife and wouldn't even give it back to me. They threw it in the trash. So I was like, this is Texas, man. Like pocket knives is part of your clothing. Um, you know, so I finally get into the main area, you know, after waiting six hours and then waited another two just to get through that line and auditioned probably with like 800 plus people behind me. And it was crazy. My little sister did it too. I had that whole entire room, even though sad song is not the best song, but I had that whole entire room cheered behind me, like loud as can be. And then the, the judge lady, she was like, you have an amazing voice, but you have no stage presence. I'm like, you gave me two feet of tape to stand on. So what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't really dance on two feet of tape. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, they, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't say anything about um, original music. Because I know American Idol is starting to push more towards that direction now. And, and she did. Um, she said, well, you know, maybe if you were a little more original. I was like, well, I have original music. Um, I can play it. And she was like, well, why don't you just send us a video? And I'm like, well, what's a video going to do? You already told me no to my face. Yeah. So a video is not going to change anything. So I pretty much scratched American Idol off my list. Will I go back for the next audition? The only, Probably. 
because the only reason is I met some cool people in line. Yeah. I made a lot of connections just standing in line. And I will go back just for sheer networking purposes. Because I was involved with the American Idol auditions when they came through uh, Florida. Right. I, we had talked about that. Uh-huh. And just going around and kind of covering it for the news station that I was working for and getting like just B-roll so we could be like, hey, we were here, you know, that sort of stuff. Just watching the musicians jamming like people that they'd met five minutes prior mm-hmm. and they're breaking out like random Bruno Mars covers oh, and just, yes. you know, yes. and just connecting over that one cover that they know and playing like they've been playing for right. 10 years already, right. you know, playing together for 10 years. It was really inspiring. And I'm glad people have that experience and are right. able to connect. And now do know. they go past the audition? I don't know. That's, that's up to the musicians. I mean, it but. sucks too. Cause I mean, the, I was hanging out with this one group of guys. Um, so we had like these, group of ladies that my sister was standing with that were just super soulful like pure acapella angels i mean they were amazing and then this group of guys that i was with you know we were more the the rustic backwoodsy country people and one of the judges got up from the table walked to the back of the line to tell us to shut up because we were jamming too loud and i was like man if that's not dirt road rebellion what it is right yeah (laughs) that's awesome what have you tried to audition for any of the other stuff like the voice or america's got talent or any of that stuff i haven't um i know holly tucker did pretty good with the voice and um i, I kind of would like to try mm-hmm. um I, I haven't really i guess taken the time to keep up with it um but i think the voice would probably be be a better fit than american idol yeah so what's kind of the hope moving forward like whether or not you audition for anything else like where do you want to take your music what's the hope moving forward man my my biggest thing um music is my passion um and i know every musician says that um i'm not in it i guess for fame and fortune but the fame and fortune would be awesome uh, mostly because i i want to see my two, I call them stepkids. I mean, I'm not married, but I want to be able to put the, the kids through things I didn't have, you know, like full ride college, uh, college, get them nice cars and take care of them, take them on cool vacations and stuff like that. And, you know, although I don't regret my childhood, I think it'd be cool to give them something like that. And if I can play music that I love and be able to give that back to the kids, I, that would be the best. Let's hear another original from okay. you. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to play? So this one um, is going to be the second single I just released actually last week. Um, she Ain't Coming Back. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me this is very uh, Co-Wetzel feeling song. Okay. Um, so that was that was cool when people told me that. And uh, so, yeah. Anyway, this one's She Ain't Coming Back. Drink away the pain, the bottle is strong. 
One thing that we really like to do here at Live and Amplified is we're trying to help cultivate the next generation of musicians. Yeah. Make sure they're getting into it for the right reasons. Make sure they don't have any like false expectations, you mm-hmm. know, stuff of that nature. Um, so my question to you is, what advice do you have for younger musicians? Until you make it, keep a job. <laughs> no, um, I have a lot of advice. Um, I mean, I've struggled and I went to MCC for a bit and a lot of people can't preach enough, get your 10,000 hours in. Um, that's from live performance, um, open mics, networking, connections, um, from recording, writing, spend all the time you can and um, don't fall in love because that gets in the way. <laughs> I, I love my girlfriend to death, but uh, and she's very supportive, but, but for real, um, don't let anything get in the way of your craft. Um, it's kind of like a lion looking for a meal. There's nothing that can keep you from that success. So uh, biggest, biggest, biggest thing is networking. And that's where I should have started. Because um, now that I'm finally meeting people and getting the right connections on my back, I'm finally moving somewhere. And like I said, I've been playing 11 years. So I, I mean, I guess you could say that's pretty slow because I've met people, they play one to two years and they're already touring and they're already making money playing full time and whatnot so with the if you know the right people that's the biggest thing um what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten definitely networking um and and i will share that too i mean 
um, even symbolic one says himself, you know, um, networking and having the connections. Um, he doesn't even focus on social media. He's more about grabbing phone numbers. Even if you don't talk to him for two years, grab that phone number because you never know when you need it. Mm-hmm. And so networking's the biggest deal. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing that I've started learning that, yeah, it's cool to get the attention going on social media and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like it, it definitely speaks volumes, but everybody, the, what's more valuable is that personal personal connection and then exactly. getting that phone number. Because exactly. Because you can have an amazing song. You can have the best, biggest hit for Billboard charts, but if somebody doesn't know you, mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere. Um, what would you say to a young person that's like thinking about quitting playing music because they're just not not getting where they want to go? You know, um, truthfully, I will say if you don't love it, don't do it. And and I don't mean to be negative, but you know, I quit. I quit for four years and. Every time I looked at that guitar, it was like a heartbreak. You know, I'm like, why did I quit? You know, what what's going on? You know, I mean, and to this day, I play country music, but I would love to play heavy metal all over again and actually make a career out of it. I mean, it was so fun. And quitting, I mean, quitters never win. So why quit? You want to go somewhere, put in the time, and keep going. Have you thought about, like, seriously going back into metal? Or is it just... Man, I actually... So I went and... The metal band I was in, we were going to do a reunion show um, here locally, and it kind of fell apart. I mean, you know, you get so many different members that don't get along or they're just moved on. So the reunion show fell apart, but I actually went, I bought a, a brand new Schecter Demon 6 and an orange amp. I practiced and practiced and I ended up selling the guitar because, I mean, the, the reunion show never happened. And in this local area, metal is just not there anymore Mm -hmm. um so it's very hard to get back into and rock and metal music doesn't pay so me being a full-time musician i gotta make money but if there was an opportunity i would do a side project for metal i loved it who were some of your uh, metal influences oh man um under oath definitely under oath i loved them that was the first ones i heard um another band memphis mayfire that that's a favorite one they're from uh dallas area so um I mean, there's so many. I could yeah. sit here. Um, my favorite lately has been Wage War. Um, I actually was listening to that on the way here. Okay. So if you're a metal fan, check out Wage War. They're awesome. And you said you actually went, did like a little tour with the metal band that you were in previously? We did. We did. What did you learn from that tour? Like, what was one thing you took away from it? Broke. <laughs> I mean, five guys in an extended cab, like 2001 F-150 um, constantly the weather's tough. Um, you never know when the weather's going to be bad. So we had to run tarps over the drums and the amps and everything. Cause we didn't have a covered vehicle mm. and, and we tried to stay away from hotels because I mean, that's where most things get stolen. And then the money factor, I mean, you know, we we're a five piece band playing shows for like 60 and a hundred dollars maybe. Mm-hmm. And we even played one show where the, somebody made off with the money and we didn't even get paid. Oh, wow. So that sucked. Um, but I did, I, I left with a tattoo, so that was cool. You know, a lot of people were like, why'd you get a tattoo of the band logo? Because that's a memory, you know? Yeah. It, it's not like a breaking up with a girlfriend, but it's, it was a memory and yeah. I enjoyed it. It's so. a part of your life that. Exactly. You're, it's not going to taint you like a, having an ex-girlfriend tattooed. Right. Exactly. Because I mean, people ask, what is that? Yeah. Well, it's a story, you know, and then I can sit here and tell them exactly what I just told you. 
five guys in an F-150 touring. If that doesn't scream <laughs> Texas, I don't know what does. <laughs> right. <laughs> how is the, how is your time playing metal and that tour? How does that pr- help prepare you for what you're currently doing? How does that help so, mold you? Definitely. I mean, knowing people, it goes right back to the networking. Um, I didn't network good enough back then and it didn't get me anywhere. What I learned on tour, mostly playing with the band is progression. Um, I went from, you know, just messing around in a bedroom to learning how to do chugs and which chugs are nothing. It's just a palm mute, but you know, like the different tunings, the chromatic scale, um, different bar chords that can make the same sound on a different key that I don't know. I've just learned a lot that it really expanded my guitar knowledge and even equipment knowledge. Um, so we're going to have you do a cover song as we kind of start gearing towards the end of the uh, podcast here. Um, what cover song are you going to do? So this one's uh, Can't Help Falling in Love uh, by Elvis. Okay. So re- and- recently I put it up on YouTube as a cover and... You know, I thought I was flat and pitchy on my vocals, but a lot of people loved it, and they said that that's kind of like my niche. So cool. I don't agree, but we'll try it. <laughs> and what was it? A, why did you choose this cover? I don't know. I I heard, I can't even remember the, the female artist that covered it that got real big with this song, but I heard it on a, a episode of some Netflix show I was watching, and so I was like, man... I wonder if I can sing it. So I started listening to it and then I reverted back to the original Elvis version. And I don't know. I, I really don't know. I just picked it up and I went there. I guess I just like the message for the most part. So awesome. Can't wait to hear it. All right. Wise men say. Only fools rush in And I can't help Falling in love with you Shall I stay? Would it be a sin? I can't help falling in love with you Like a river flow surely to the sea Darling, as it goes, some things are meant to be Take my hand and take my whole life too. For I can't help falling in love with you. A 
river flow surely to the sea darling as it goes some things are meant to be Take my hand Take my whole life too For I can't help Falling in love with you For I can't help Falling in love with you. So as we kind of start drawing towards the end of the podcast, it's been great talking with you. I really appreciate you giving me the time to sit down and chat with you. And, yeah, likewise. Um, really enjoying your music. Uh, what's one thing that you uh, want people to know about you as a musician? Oh, man, I have quite the backstory. Um <laughs> The biggest thing for me is I, I just try to be original and unique. Uh, my biggest thing is if you come to a show, don't be afraid to talk to me. Um, I love carrying on conversations with the crowd, no matter how big or small. Um, of course, not too long. I mean, I got music to play, but mm. <laughs> um, I, I love talking with the crowd. I enjoy getting to know people. And um, that's, that's one thing I would love for people to know. I mean, and that's no matter how big or small, whether I stay as local as I am now, or if I become the next big thing, I still want to talk to the locals and everybody around. So, um, and then for the people that don't, aren't really familiar with Waco and the music scene here, what's the music scene kind of like country saturated rock and roll saturated. If you're into punk and metal, good luck. Um, I know Keep Waco Loud is an organization that's been definitely kicking ass around here. Can I say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. <laughs> no, um, Keep Waco Loud has been awesome. They, um, they've done a lot of work. They began mostly in the punk scene and grown into the hip hop. They had a big thing to do with the Waco hip hop documentary. Um, and then what I would say as far as the musical scene goes, don't be afraid to step out of the norm because you never know who you're going to see. I mean, the, the Backyard Bar Stage and Grill is great, and Magnolia is not my favorite, and I know a lot of people love it, but look for those holes in the walls, you know, like um, Papa Joe's out in Lorena, or or even local breweries. You will find some of the most down-to-earth musicians um, with probably the best talent you've seen in a while. And then what's one place that you would really like to play? Like, as far as a venue, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, what, what's like a, oh, oh man. man, if I could play that place? I don't follow the news a whole lot. I don't keep up with what is out there. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, like I said, I'm anti-Nashville, so yeah. I could care less if I play there. Um, I, mean, I mean, it doesn't even have to necessarily be like a specific venue. It could be like a city that yeah. you've always wanted to travel to. And You know, I would love to go back to Colorado. Um, Man, I enjoyed it so much with metal, and surprisingly enough, Colorado does have a country scene. It's a bit different. Um, I don't know how they'll take to the Texas country, but I would love to play in Colorado. Um, 
And if I had to stay local, backyard bar, stage and grill mm-hmm. is probably the biggest place in town. And I'd like to play that too. Right. So Yeah, I'd imagine in Colorado, it's probably like a more bluegrass traditional country. Type. A lot of it. Yeah. 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 They do have more of a, I don't know. They're more Nashville, really. They, they follow the Nashville scene a lot, but mm-hmm. I'd like to bring something different to them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Where can everybody kind of, uh, what's your schedule looking like right now as far as upcoming shows and all that fun stuff? So, man, I actually have one coming up Friday um, playing Tokyo Store out in West, which is one of those holes in the walls that you can't can't forget about. Um, so I'll be playing there. I'll be playing in Gatesville at a private event. So let's see. Tokyo Store and Southern Roots Brewery. Um, Southern Roots Brewery is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I love that place. Yeah. Man, they're awesome. So those are like my main upcoming ones. And I think, so for the most part, uh, March and April are pretty repetitive. I'm doing like the same three venues back and forth for a little bit. Okay. But um, Do you ever yeah. take time off to like write and stuff? Or you do you pretty much tour and write? So being being a full-time musician, um, and I'm, I'm not really even making enough to cut the bills. So, um, you know, I maybe play one or two shows a week if I'm lucky. Um, but most of the time, you know, I can sleep in and whatnot, but I'll, I'll write music during the day just like kind of on my downtime and whatnot. And then go try it out at an open mic and see how it works. And then where can everybody, uh, find you on social media and all that stuff. So I have two different ones. Um, I, I run most of my solo acoustic stuff through Ethan Smith Music, which you can find on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Dirt Road Rebellion, even though my drummer and bass player had left, um, I still run a lot of the stuff under them um, with studio instruments as far as recording. Mm-hmm. So definitely check out Dirt Road Rebellion on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, we are on YouTube and most streaming networks around as well. I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to kind of keep it open ended because I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see where you'll take it. Okay. Cause you've kind of hinted towards an answer throughout the entire podcast, but I okay. just kind of wrap it all up. Um, why music? Why music? Oh man, that is the biggest thing. You know, I'm going to get deep. I'm going to okay. get real deep with this. Um, cause at one, this is a message that needs to be preached. Um, I suffer with bipolar manic depression and and anxiety and there's nothing better to cope with it than music i mean i can get my feelings out when i i mean even as some something as simple as arguing with my girlfriend at home uh, i can just walk off chill take a breather play the music listen to the music and and really just the community in general and playing a show playing live uh, it's so exhilarating. Like, and then when the people talk to you, you feel wanted. And that's the biggest thing um, when you suffer with depression is you f- feel most of the time nobody wants to see you or talk to you or they don't care. You don't feel wanted. So music brings me back to that. Music brings me back to like a family type of feeling. And um, it's really good. And, and I think anybody who struggles with it should at least try to pick up some sort of music. I mean, even if it's a simple instrument, give it a shot, um, you know, or even find that one band that you can just put your headphones in and take a nap, you know, mm. it helps. It helps yeah. a lot. And I think if anybody could just open their eyes on depression, you have to force yourself to be social. And if they could open their eyes on that, I think the suicide rate in America could drop. And that's one thing that we try and help 
shed light on is how important mental health is. Exactly. Not necessarily specifically in music, but just in general. But like I've noticed even since we've started doing the live and amplified thing that a lot of musicians deal with some sort of mental health issues because either from past stuff, diagnosed stuff, or just making themselves so emotionally available on a nightly basis and then not having anybody to be like, Hey, you're good. I got you, you know, not having that support structure when they get off stage to help them kind of come down with, from what they just went through. Right. Right. And, and for a while there, I'd, I'd kind of had that where I'd get off stage and I'd be probably the ghost in the room. Nobody cared. It's like, dude, I just played for three hours and you don't, even care like yeah. that and that's kind of tough it is and and for a while there it drove me to borderline alcoholism yeah and so i, I kind of slowed down mm-hmm. um, don't get me wrong i was drunk last night but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. i've slowed down and um it helps with the depression a lot yeah. and and i hope people can see that not just music but the creative arts in general struggles with it a lot yeah so because i mean like, especially when they don't have that support system they turn to other substances whether it's alcohol drugs and exactly. then that's how the accidental overdoses happen. And then that's how we start losing some of the most amazing musicians because. Exactly. exactly. They, Just think Kurt Cobainsky could still be here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to have you play one final original for us. Right. Um, what song are you going to play? What are you thinking? Oh, you know, that is a tough one. Um, I've been experimenting with a lot of things. I say let's take it backwards. Let's leave it on, leave it on a fun note. Okay. Um, everybody, well, not everybody. I mean, I enjoy some uh, smokeless tobacco every now and again. This one's a, uh, this one's called Creek Bed. Okay. It, it's about, it's really about just being a backwoods boy, you know, just hanging out with your buds, having a good time, and not really caring what what other people think. And um, what part of the song? One of my favorite, one of my favorite parts is the uh, the second verse. I played a venue for a while and they were underpaying me so bad. I'd play for four hours for only $50. Oh, wow. And um, they came to me one day after my shows were up. You know, I finally finished out the calendar and they were like, hey, we're not going to book you again. I was like, why not? They're like, well, you cuss too much and we really don't want that. We, we don't want you to be, we want you to be more of a family man. I'm like, well, the Baylor kids love it. So, you know, I've pulled in bigger crowds than most of your musicians. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of that kind of hit me deep and the so y'all will see what I'm talking about when I get there. I I don't like to radio edit. Um I've been pretty filtered on this show here, but um this will be a fun one and okay. uh let's get loud. So, okay, here we go. Perfect.
The way we play ain't no radio way Take the shit like I said Oh, every now and then Take a deep breath, breathe it in Make your Thompson smoke It's the way we roll Back in them sticks out by the creek bed Back and forth from that old creek camp My name's Ethan Smith. Thank y'all for hanging out live and amplified, and we will catch you next time. Please excuse us while we pay some bills. First off, we want to thank everybody for always supporting us, all the listeners, all the viewers. Um, We definitely wouldn't be where we're at without you guys. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without y'all. But that being said, we also want to thank MXL Microphones. They are the exclusive microphones that we use. Every video, every podcast, it's an MXL microphone. So if you wonder why our quality sounds so great, it's because an MXL microphone gave it to us. If you're interested in checking them out, go to MXLMics.com and tell them Live and Amplified sent you. Make sure you also follow them on social media, Facebook and Instagram as well. That's where you get the latest updates on all the brand new gear and microphones and all the cool stuff they're working on. And next up, shout out to the Liberty. The Liberty has been a huge supporter of ours for the last, probably since we started. Liberty has been supporting us. They've hooked us up with some of the best interviews we've had, some of the biggest names. So we want to thank them by showing them a little bit of love on this one. Uh, Go and check out thelibertyinc.com. They have some amazing shows coming up, and they update their show calendar weekly with brand new shows. I know they got some amazing acts coming up. And if you want to check out the rest of their shows, make sure you check them out on Facebook or at thelibertyinc.com. And as always, we would love your support by checking us out on Facebook and all our social media at Live and Amplified. We also accept Cash App donations, so if you feel like you want to just monetarily support us, we'd very much appreciate it. Uh, Hit us up about our Cash App information, but it's Live and Amplified with the little dollar sign deal. 
and any donations of $10 or more will get you a heavy metal shout out right here on the podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed the jam session there with uh, Ethan. I'm really appreciative that he gave us the time to come in, sit down and chat and just have a good old time. Talk a little music, talk a little bit about Central Texas, you know, sharing his uh, favorite songs and covers and originals, you know, in the whole shebang a bang. I think it was really good and uh, I'm really happy with how it came out. Um, That being said, it's time for our fan feedback artist of the week this week. Um, it's a band by the name of Red Eye Ruby. I was introduced to them through some mutual friends, and we're really thankful that we got the opportunity to sit down and chat with them. Um, this week's fan feedback is going to be a little bit more like last week's. We weren't able to get any uh, voice memos through this week. We're still having some technical issues, but hopefully next week we'll have that resolved. And uh, we'll we'll get it on and popping, and we'll we'll get the uh, fan feedback rolling back in. Um, but that being said, here's the interview that we had with Red Eye Ruby. So, you guys are based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and now, obviously, not all of you are from Minnesota. So, where, how did you all meet and come together to form Red Eye Ruby? Yeah, um, I'll speak a little and then I'll let Caitlin speak here. So Caitlin and I uh, actually met in Minneapolis in 2013. Um, I grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota, and Caitlin grew up in Fargo, North Dakota. So we both are from North Dakota. Mm -hmm. Um, And we started working at this restaurant called uh, Pepito's Mexican Restaurant. Um, and we were selling burritos and quesadillas and we just moved out to the cities and we were both musicians and, um, I was a student at the time and yeah. And so we met and started talking about music and I went to Caitlin's house one night. I met her husband, Kaylee. We really hit it off. Um, and we've been playing music together ever since. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, So a little side story here before we get really into your music. There was a point there where I was, I spent about a week in Williston, North Dakota, because I was getting ready to move there. And this was during the whole oil fracking boom that happened in about 2013. And so I got offered a job and I went up there and I was getting ready to move in, except I didn't know any better. The apartment that I was moving into was an old school building that was converted over into a apartment complex and it looked really shady (laughs) and so i was i backed out or i was gonna have like three roommates at the time and i was like all right well i'm gonna go find another place he's like okay whatever i went and the prices for apartments were astronomical so i ended up having to turn down the job and leave yeah, no, I uh, I fully sympathize with that. I um I went to college in Minot, North Dakota. Oh wow! And I lived in like like yeah, there was nowhere that I could really afford to live mm-hmm. in Minot because um, everything was like at least a thousand dollars a month. Yep. Um, which at the time, like, I really didn't have. So I ended up living like in this like illegal 
basement apartment while I was in college that just like didn't ha- it was a non-heated basement oh wow and I basically lived in like the fruit room like the canning room yeah of this basement and like my heat pretty much came from the dryer exhaust wow. vent that like the tube that just like went through my apartment mm-hmm. and outside so <laughs> It yeah, sound like well. it would be up to fire code to me. No, it totally wasn't. Um, yeah, there was just like a little like toilet under the stairs and then this like stall shower that was held together with duct tape. Wow. And like there was, we had a stove in there we didn't really use. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I just had like a sink and a toilet and a shower and a bed. Oh. And <laughs> and I lived there for uh, two years. Oh wow! Yeah, when I was up there, one of my backup plans was because my I was fully ready to just like commit to the move and like okay, I'm gonna own this fuck up and I'm gonna just commit to this move. Sure. I was ready to uh, go stay at a man camp is what they called it. Yup. Oh yeah. I had uh, college friends that lived in those. Yeah. And I was, and my mom was like, you want me to leave you at a man camp where you're paying X amount a night. And basically all you have is your car and a bunk bed. I'm like, Oh, I mean, I messed up. So I kind of got to own it. Don't I? And then I talked to somebody that lived there. They're like, no, you don't want to live here. Trust me. It's the absolute worst thing ever. It's like prison. And I'm like, okay, you win. <laughs> yeah. I, my mom uh, is from Williston. So mm. I grew up in Williston before the oil boom. It was a really cute, quaint little town. Uh, my grand, my grandpa was a lawyer there. Um, my grandmother was a stay at home mom, raised my mom and her siblings there. And it was a really beautiful little town. I remember running around barefoot and it was just sunshine and butterflies. Um, and then there was the oil boom and everything changed yeah. and it changed very quickly and it became a pretty dangerous place pretty quickly, yep. um, which was unfortunate. My grandmother sold her house for a pretty penny. And yeah. 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 And as far as I understand now, it's not quite as populated because the oil fracking isn't what it was in 2013 yeah 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 i mean it turns into a ghost town right yep i don't know but so that was just a fun little side note to my adventures my summer in north dakota essentially Um, yeah but so you what got you what, what actually first let's have you introduce yourselves so everybody knows who they're talking to or listening to yeah here caitlin you go first um well i i'm caitlin i play cello in red eye ruby and my name is liz and i sing and i play guitar in red eye ruby and i suppose it's notable to add that caitlin and myself do most of the songwriting as well okay um, her husband, Kaylee, does a little songwriting as well. Um, so the three of us are the main songwriters for the project. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then individually, what got both of you into music? And I guess we can start with you, Liz. Okay. So I 
have always been um, a music lover. I mean, I grew up listening to the Beatles and old time rock and roll with my dad. Um, I really started to get into music in my own uh, sense when I was, oh, I mean, I had my, you know, in sync Backstreet Boys phase in elementary school. Um, but, you know, I, I started to play guitar when I was nine. And my mom put me in classical guitar lessons, uh, both myself and my twin sister, um, hoping it would stick with one of us. And it stuck with me. Um, I enjoyed it. I played classical guitar from about nine to 11. Um, you know, yeah. And, and then I sort of took a break. Once I turned 13, I started playing electric guitar and in my 20s, um, I began to sing and accompany myself and actually start exploring the craft of songwriting. I have a bachelor's degree in English literature at the University of Minnesota, and I've been a poet my whole life. So a lot of my songwriting and lyrics is really based off of concepts in literature um, or poetic ideas. Um, yeah, I just, I love music. I love old jazz and poetry and rock and roll. Nice. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started playing uh, piano when I was three. Um, my dad was a pianist and he really loved classical music. And so, and I really loved him. So I, yeah, definitely was into classical music from uh, about the age of three and yeah, then I started playing cello and then I got really into um, classical chamber music, uh, string quartets, chamber orchestras, and uh, small group ensembles um, with classical music and went on uh, to be like kind of a competition cellist uh, through my, uh, from like my late teens to my early twenties mm. and then decided, uh, somewhere along the line, I met, um, Kaylee, who's the pianist for our band and he was really into jazz and, and rock and roll. And I was really into him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we started dating and I started playing jazz and, and rock when I was about 18. And yeah, that kind of took me on the trajectory to be in a group like I am now. Awesome. And since uh, we're sitting here with uh, two thirds of the writing force behind Red Eye Ruby, what's kind of the process when you guys sit down to write a song? Well, um, a lot of times we will write something individually and then bring it to the collaborative for ideas. Um, so usually we always have a skeleton. Um, like for example, I will write a song that only has vocal and guitar. And usually that's where we start is vocal and guitar. Um, and then we arrange around it. So we'll bring in a skeletal piece. I'll be like, hey, I wrote this thing the other night. I think we should do it. They're like, cool. And I play just guitar and voice. And then Caitlin arranges a cello part around it. Kaylee arranges a piano part around it. And then our rhythm section obviously does their thing as well. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's been a process of bringing personal thoughts and ideas into it. Um, yeah, do you have anything to add to that, Caitlin? 
Uh, no, that's that's pretty much it. Um, I write a lot, um, I guess, on the cello because I'm I'm better at doing that than I am at. Pl I have written things on the guitar, but most of what I've written for Red Eye Ruby has um, started on the cello for me, and then I'll go and transcribe that to the guitar and just kind of, yeah, keeping it at that sort of very, very, very skeletal figure of just a guitar or cello line and a vocal part. Yeah, we've been, like, Caitlin sometimes, you know, she she and I do a lot of recordings together. Mm -hmm. If she writes a tune, she, she's pretty handy, actually, with uh, GarageBand. And so Caitlin's made some really cool recordings of just her and a cello, right? Um, or her and a guitar, too, I think has happened. Um, that was how we put together our last album. Um, we had a couple tunes there that we started working on just a few months before we went in to record. Um, and so, you know, she had just sent me these recordings. Um, and I took them and I you know, learned them, did what I wanted with them, and we brought them back into um, a setting where I was singing. Caitlin sings as well, but Caitlin does harmonies. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. And uh, the album was a siren song, correct? Yes. Awesome. And yep. uh, what, what was kind of the, uh, when you guys were getting, how long ago did you record that album? We recorded that album in, was it July of 2018, Caitlin? March. March of 2018. Mm -hmm. So almost exactly two years ago. Nice. Yeah. And um, what was kind of the process as you were getting ready to record that album? Did you guys already, did you write specifically for the album or did you just have a bunch of songs and decided, okay, these 10 songs or whatever work perfect for an album? Um, I'll speak on this if that's okay, Caitlin. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was really a little bit of both. Okay. It was compiling the work that we'd been doing for the last four years um, or five years even and also coming up with the theme so a lot of the the work that i do really centers around um some basic themes right um the theme of female empowerment the theme of jazz the theme of classical mythology greek and roman mythology um, and the theme of actually nature and water specifically. Um, so I really just wrote a lot of songs with those themes in them. And when we chose um, the name of the album, which was Siren Song, that's when Caitlin wrote uh, the Siren Song and finished it. Um, and, you know, that became the title track. Um, and then there were a few other pieces that fell into place after we chose uh, what the theme was, but I mean, really it was just a collection of material based off of the theme of water and the theme of um, female empowerment and also uh, the sirens and yeah, Greek mythology. Nice. Yeah. Um, and where are you at uh, currently? Are you working towards a new album or are you just having fun playing music right now? Both. <laughs> That's it, the, the creative process is, is doing both at the same time and coming up with music along the way and workshopping it in a live setting so that we really know um, what people are connecting with and we can really connect with people in that way. Um, yeah, I would say we're almost done getting tracks together for our second album. We uh, just made a list the other day. 
of oh. stuff we want to put on there. So, you know, we're in the beginning stages of it. Caitlin, I'll let you add to that. Yeah, I mean, really, we've, I think since the drop of the album, we've created a lot of new things, almost kind of based on the experience of putting a creative project out there and experiencing um, what goes along with that and what goes along with that as women and as, as young musicians and. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Speaking of young musicians, one thing that we really want to try and do is make sure we help prepare musicians for the reality of the music business and try and bring them some value while listening to this podcast. So what advice do you have for younger musicians getting started in the music? I got, I have one, uh, always, always, always ask the venue if they have a PA. I yeah, that's very practical, and nobody's ever said that. So I'm, yeah, well, that's you should it, always ask. We'll just it, say that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, really, just ask as many questions as you can. I would say come up with a list of ten questions, the ten essential things, and like, do you have a PA? What are you going to pay me? When do you want me to be there? You know, stuff like that. And every time you book, make sure you get all that information because the miscommunications that can happen, mm -hmm. uh, they, they can happen. And mostly that mostly you run into that when you start getting on the road. Um, when you're working with obviously local venues, it's a little bit easier, but getting out on the road, starting to tour is always making sure you're gathering that critical information that you need to perform mm -hmm. um, and to perform well and to, and to do well. Um, I would also, you know, suggest to people that starting a band is really, really hard and it's going to feel everybody pulls different weight at different times. And there's always going to be a time when one person feels like they're pulling more weight than the other. And that's okay. And that's, that's what the band is. You know, it's everybody pulls their weight and we all take turns and we all contribute in whatever way that we can. Um, mm -hmm. So just really keeping in mind the collaborative nature of a musical project and being really patient with each other and really kind to each other and just being as giving and compassionate as you can with the people you're creating with. Um, the, the, the product is better, I think, when there's a genuine bond with the people that are working together. Perfect. Uh, Caitlin, do you have anything else to? Yeah, I mean, um, all good things. Um, I think one thing that I've, I've learned a lot about, um, more recently is just um, when I realized how many resources are truly out there for, for you, for, for anyone that wants to learn about this. I mean, if you want to learn more about the business end of music, there are, there are classes you can take. There are people you can talk to. Um, if you want to learn more about recording, there are things that you can do to learn more about recording. Um, I think a lot of it is like, yeah, ask and you shall receive. Mm -hmm. And don't ever be afraid of asking a stupid question, I guess, because... No such thing as a stupid question. No such thing as a stupid question. Very true. Very, There's very such true. thing as not asking questions and then, you know, having 
and then uh, some stupid things happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, like it's just I I was amazed. I guess when I got into my later twenties at how many really great people are out there that really do just want to help other people. Yeah. And, and it's it's fantastic. And like the the people that we've been lucky to work with and who have really given us a leg up, who have, you know, taken videos at our shows, who have taken pictures at our shows and gotten us in connection with people who make recordings and and all of that. Like it is it's amazing to me how how much I think creative people truly do want to be part of a community. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very true. Um, so what's the, what's the ultimate plan for the band? Where do you want to take it? What's the, what's the, I don't want to say end goal, but where, where do you see yourselves going with the band? Well, um, I'll let Caitlin speak on her piece of this, but you know, I, I think that we've always agreed to just take it as far as it goes and to just try to operate at a high level of integrity, both in our writing and in our professional um, dealings and in um, our performing, just, you know, trying to operate in as high of a level as possible, just to see um, where all we can take these ideas. We, I think, you know, we feel good about what we're doing and we're excited to share that. Um, Caitlin, I don't know, you know, what your thoughts on that are. No, absolutely. Um, I think we want to go and we want to create as, as long as we keep being welcome to do so. And I doesn't really feel like it's going to slow down anytime soon, I guess. Um, every time I think that we're kind of in a lull of activity, um, all of a sudden I look at the calendar and I'm like, Oh, holy, that's, that's a lot going on. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll create as long as as long as we can and as much as we can. Yeah, it's like that old country song, I'll stick around as long as you will have me. Pretty much. <laughs> cool tune. Um, but yeah, truly, I mean, you know, we just we just wanna I guess bring good vibes and have a good time and, you know, share some ideas and um, entertain people and create beautiful things. I think creating beautiful music is the most important thing yeah it is it really is um and then um so you guys are based out of minneapolis what's the independent scene like there the independent music scene it's competitive um it's there is so much out here um in terms of just talent Mm -hmm. uh i'm i'm continually just absolutely blown away with uh the level at which people operate out here and i'm really proud of my community that way um but you know it's a grind (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a grind and and it's fun um but it's it's there's definitely there's there it's just like there's so many venues and there's so many bands that um the the challenge becomes this 
this balance of being really supportive of your community while also trying to stand out? Yeah, I think the Minneapolis music scene is uh, just super vibrant and diverse. And obviously it's like super saturated, right? But the cool thing about this scene is everybody's very supportive of each other. This does not feel like a competitive scene to me. Mm -hmm. Everybody feels to be very um, supportive of each other, excited for each other. We're all friends. You know, we all hang out. You know, I mean, it's, I think that the Minneapolis uh, music scene in terms of just musicians being down to earth, friendly, cool people is just second to none. Um, it's, it's a real privilege to live in this city and um, be a part of, you know, this vibrant scene because there's so many of us and uh, so many different ties that Minneapolis has to the rest of the world in terms of music. So it's just a very diverse, diverse and exciting uh, community to be a part of. Nice. And uh, what what's your uh, sh upcoming show schedule looking like? Do you, um, I know you, you, do you guys have a residency at Maselax, right? Or is... Yeah, we do. So we have um, a couple shows coming up here. So we actually have uh, two shows in April. Okay. On April 4th, we are doing our first Saturday's uh, residency show. It's our mm -hmm. second show, and it runs through uh, 2020 uh, down at Maslax Bar. And that is a bar in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, and they have us there on first Saturdays. We play, we bring our friends. On April 4th, we're bringing our friends Druzy Rose. Very cool, um, very, very cool new band coming up out of Minneapolis that everybody should check out. Nice, um, nice. So that's at 9 p.m. at Maslax Bar in Northeast Minneapolis, uh, first Saturdays for uh, the second one that we're playing on April 4th. And then on April 20th, we are playing a 420, uh, 420 celebration show, if you will, um, down at uh, the 7th Street entry. Nice. First Avenue, 7th Street entry. Yeah, and our friends Doozy Rose are playing with us there as well. Um, we also have our friends the Immaculate Beings coming down. And then um, the, our, my friend Jay McKinney um, works with a band called Dream of the Wild, and they're going to do some really cool psychedelic stoner music for us, and we're just going to have a good time. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Caitlin, do you have any dates you want to add? I, I, am I missing any? I don't, no, 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 I don't think, I think that's covers like what we've got locally. Yeah, I mean, we've got May 2nd at May Slacks again. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, um, anybody who wants to find out more uh, can go to our website, redeyeruby.com. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. we've got up, yep. Perfect. Um, do you guys get the opportunity to tour out a lot or is it, because uh, not everybody or every uh, everybody's got a full time job, it makes it a little bit harder to do. Um, we certainly get out. Um, we go to weekend runs a lot of the time, but you know there are times when you'll find us um, going on you know longer runs than that. Mm -hmm. um, we do all work full time. I've actually been teaching elementary school, but I am uh, looking at a change in employment here that will allow me to hopefully tour more. Um, yeah, we, you know, we get into Wisconsin, we get into North Dakota. Um, you know, we like to go up north, sometimes northern Minnesota. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it would be fun to tour more than regionally, I think. Um, Caitlin, I don't know what you think. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's always the goal, I think, or one of the goals. 
is to just, you know, extend the reach as far as, as we can, mm -hmm. um, and get to know more people in more places. Nice. Yeah. And, um, is, uh, sorry, I brain fart on that one. My bad. Um, so I'm going to ask a question that's kind of vague, but I'm, I'm get, I word it vaguely. So just to give you y'all some room to kind of work with it, how you want to work with it. But, um, why music? Caitlin, you go first. Why not? Uh, I guess for me personally, I don't think I've ever considered doing anything else. Mm -hmm. um, there's never been a time in my life that I haven't thought that, like, this is what I would do. Um, maybe before the age of three, but ever since then, um, yeah. And my, I mean, my dad pretty much talked to me from a very, very young age and, you know, prefacing sentences with, well, when you're a music major in college and, oh, when you get to this point and you're playing on this stage or whatever, you know, it was always sort of this assumption that I just always rolled with. Mm -hmm. I never really considered anything else. That's really cool, Caitlin. Your dad's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll speak a little bit, Caitlin, if you're done, or if you want to say yeah, more. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Okay, so for me with music, I, well, I am a woman of many hats, uh, if you will. I have a literature degree. I am completing my master's in education degree um, in May, so in a couple months here. Um, I have taught elementary school. I have worked in management positions and crisis homes with people with disabilities. And I have done a lot of work out there in the world. And I always come back to music. Um, it is the one thing that makes me happy. And life can be very hard. And music is the one thing that can really take the hard parts about life and make it easier. Um, I enjoy music because it is a very transformative experience. Writing a song about a experience that might have been painful is a great way to turn that into something beautiful. Um, and I, I think that music represents the greatest achievements of mankind, of humanity, right? We're working together, we're creating something beautiful for the purpose of making other people happy. Um, it's just good vibes and it's a very important thing um, to me personally and I think to all of us in some regard. Oh yeah, music is an incredibly powerful thing. Um, I mean, it's through the centuries, music has managed to create a voice for enormous happenings culturally and politically going on in the world. Um, my grand teacher, um, master cellist Yehuda Hanani said, you know, always says he thinks it was jazz that took down the Berlin wall. And I think music is highly impactful. 
Yep. It's a wonderful vehicle for ideas. And it's absolutely a I'm here by the way. Kaylee's here. Oh, here. oh yeah. Kaylee, you can introduce yourself to Tom. Hey, hi, I'm Kaylee. Um, I, I play keys in Red Eye Ruby and I'm part of the core founders, I guess, with you two. With awesome. Um <clears throat> I think that I honestly think there's, but I honestly think to piggyback on Caitlin, I don't think there's another art form that has had as much sociopolitical effect on the world. Um, because, and I think it has to do with the fact that like, you know, you can look at a painting and you can get a lot out of that, but it's a really personal experience. And like making a painting or writing a novel is a really personal experience. But music is something that like, you kind of have to experience, you don't have to experience it with people, but it's better when you do. Yeah. And it's better when and you don't have to create it with people, but it's better when you do. And I think that like, because of that, I think music really like, in, in a way that other art forms don't, except for possibly theater, theater and movies, in a way that other art forms don't, it kind of, it, it, it has the ability to kind of create community. And even if you disagree with a person on everything else, you meet somebody and you disagree with them on absolutely everything, you can almost always find some kind of common ground with music. Yeah. You know. It builds community and it unites people. Yeah, it helps people understand each other in a way that other art forms don't. The only other exception I would say would be maybe theater, but I think music is a little better at it even than theater. Well, music is, I think, more subjective than most theater. Right. Um, which allows for people to kind of take what they will from it. And you can cater so much to the individual with music while at the same time creating a, a collaborative listening experience. And it's really great that way. Yeah, awesome. Um, Kaylee, since you just kind of jumped in, what's your uh, musical background? And what well, are you I, into music? I um, started piano lessons when I was in second grade and I took them so I'm a classically trained pianist um, up through like my second year in college when I kind of fell off it because um, I was focusing on the trumpet. Um, I ultimately got a bachelor of performance in trumpet playing, which I kind of switched back to the piano after I graduated. Um, and then I had a little break in college at one point and I taught myself guitar at that point and that And I taught myself guitar and I taught myself songwriting um, so I've got a lot of experience with those three instruments, piano, trumpet, guitar, officially, like, according to my college papers, I'm a trumpet player, but I consider myself these days mostly piano player. Nice. Um, you know, I classically trained piano. I kind of cut my teeth on jazz when I was in college, um, and I've played a lot, I've played a, played a lot of jazz on both trumpet and piano, and I've done, you know, a lot of, a lot of bands and a lot of solo work with both piano and guitar. Um, so I'm kind of, 
kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to like music. Um, and recently I've gotten into some like composing as well. Nice. Um, and I'm finding a lot of joy in like the kind of the intricate minutia of like actually composing for instruments. So I don't know where that's going to go exactly, but it's hopefully I can go somewhere with that too. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Um, so Kaylee, sorry you kind of came in towards the end here, but I know like everybody's got work in the morning and don't want to keep you too much longer, but um, what's um, one thing that you'd really like the everybody to know about the band whether yeah just what's something that you'd really like the everybody to know about the band um i think maybe all three of us should speak on this but i'll start so what i want everybody to know about the band is that it is a collaborative project that aims to um really encapsulate um what i consider to be roots music um just music that you know has been very seminal in the creation of other music right and so really looking at genres like classical folk jazz rock and roll um yeah and really just a marrying of genres if you will um i also you know want people to know that um the music is a lot about the poetry the songs all have stories um yeah and that you know we're we're here for folks that like literature and we're here for folks that um just like to listen to things that make them happy and yeah caitlin and kaylee i'll let you guys speak a little bit on that um yeah i think that liz said liz liz kind of said a lot there um and i think i guess my I guess what I would like people to know about the band is that my, like my big thing with music is that I am influenced by everything and I listen to everything all the time. And I try really hard to stay diverse, I try to stay current, but I'm getting older and that's getting harder. But like I, I, I do, I stay, I, I've maintained a diversity in my listening. And um, and I try to and I and I try to make that show, and I think Red Eye Ruby really accomplishes that diversity of influence, and especially the diversity of influence from all three of us. You, you know, Liz, um, Liz listens to you know a lot of like <clears throat> you know modern like rock music and folk music and stuff, and Caitlin listens to a lot of classical music, and I listen to a lot of jazz, and I mean, and we all listen to like you know a lot of like rock and folk and each other's music too. Um, so, and what we have tried to really accomplish is to try is, is to make all of those genres apparent and all of those influences apparent in our music. And when I go and like give it a listen, cause I do listen to the album from time to time. And you know, I, you know, when I go and like step, take a step back and listen to what we're doing, I feel like I can hear it. And um, I, I really like, I really hope that that's a sense that somebody listening to us would get is like, hey, there's a diversity here that is really cool. Nice. Um, yeah. 
Um, the cello is tuned in fifths. <laughs> um, sorry, that's just a question people ask a lot. Okay. Everything else is kind of covered. <laughs> I figured there had to be an, an inside joke, so to speak, on that one. So it's um, that's my inside joke with myself. Also, Liz's dogs um, are getting married on May 9th. <laughs> oh, we almost forgot to talk about the dog and, thing. And I just, I, I would really like everyone to know that because we're working really hard. Um, they're in counseling right now. They're in, yeah, they're completing um, their uh, premarital counseling right now. And I'm very proud of how both of the dogs have um, grown. They're very committed. They're very committed. They're ready for this step. For the next step. Yeah. So, uh, we've done uh, nothing but to support them. <laughs> so our, our drummer, uh, Kat Hansberry, who is not here, um, she has an album release show for her band Honey Dick. Mm -hmm. And she suggested that red eye ruby come play which of course we will mm -hmm. um and she also suggested that we have the dogs get married on the porch and this is at palmer's bar so palmer's bar is a historic dive dive bar in minneapolis we had a long-standing two-year residency there for um oh a number of years maybe three years two years was it three years three years almost three years yeah it was almost three years so anyway so uh yeah the dogs are getting married at palmer's bar and um cat's band honey dick is is gonna um you know put out an album and we're gonna have a really good time so that's on may 9th at palmer's bar and i imagine the dogs will get married you know perhaps before things get too late um yeah they don't like to stay up too late they they, they need to go on their honeymoon pretty shortly after they get married and we don't want them to get too drunk they're gonna come to um, marrow bones at my house uh until i go find them later um but yeah so anyway so the dogs are getting married and um, our next shows are April 4th at Maslax Bar at 9 p.m. with Druzy Rose, um, April 20th down at the 7th Street Entry uh, with Druzy Rose, The Immaculate Beings, and our friend Jay McKinney's band Dream of the Wild. Um, and our next shows after that are May 2nd at Maslax and May 9th at Palmer's Bar where the dogs are getting married. And you can find all of that and more at RedEyeRuby.com. All righty, folks. I hope you guys really enjoyed that interview with Red Eye Ruby. We kept it short. We kept it sweet. Everybody had to go to work in the morning, so we didn't want to keep everybody out too late, including myself. I had to be up at 8 a.m. this morning to go shoot that shit. Had to be up at 8 this morning to go to work, so... I know everybody else was in a similar situation, so we wanted to make sure that everybody was good for today. That being said, it is time for next week's Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. And that artist is another Aussie, all the way from Sydney. It is a band, not an artist, so I misspoke a little bit. But next week's Fan Feedback Artist of the Week is... Pearl the girl. So we're going to change up the rules a little bit. We're going to make it so that we're getting feedback on any show you've attended. So you don't have to have had, attend, had to attend their most recent show. It can be any show. Um, so if 
you have attended a Pearl the Girl show, let us know what you think of them. Give us some feedback. It's really simple. We've had some technical issues, but it's really simple to do. Just take a voice memo with your phone, you know, audio recorder, voice recorder, whatever it's called on your phone. Speak into it. Super simple. Speak your piece. You love them. You love them. You love them. Great set. Great set. So much power. Whatever you got to say. And then just email it to me. Thomas underscore K-W-I-A-T at yahoo.com. So that's T-H-O-M-A-S underscore K-W-I-A-T at yahoo.com. And we will feature you in next week's episode. And our second to last segment of the podcast is our infamously famous show shout out. This is an opportunity to have all the bands, all our friends promote and plug their shows. So we posted on our Facebook, hey, what shows do you have coming up? Post them right here. And so we did, they did, and here's what we got. We have Andrea Flanagan with her album release show March 14th at 8.30 p.m. in Castle Rock, Colorado at Maddie's Beer Garden. Then we got Brennan Luscombe doing a whole slew of shows from March 11th to the 21st going through West Texas, Southeast New Mexico, going from Lubbock to Portales to Clovis to Clovis to Plano, all kinds of shows all over the place. Make sure you check it out. March 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. Check out Brennan Oliver on Facebook, and you will be able to get the specifics on all those shows. And our final show shout-out for the day is the Originals Tribute Night at Staves Brewery in Sydney, Australia, Saturday the 14th from 7.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. They have Havana Banana, Latest Disgrace, Three Misfits, and Crash and the Carpenters. And once again, that show is Saturday the 14th at 7.30 p.m. from 11 p.m. Entry is free at Staves Brewery in Sydney, Australia. And that leaves us to our final segment of the night. We are going to send you home happy. This is another awesome cover song segment. This week, we have Aubrey Ouellette that is doing a little big town cover of Sugar Coat. I hope you guys enjoy it. Turn the bathroom light on. I take my makeup off. I'm looking myself in the eye. I wonder why I wear it anyway. Another car drives by. I wonder where you are. The kids are all in bed. And everything but you is in its place. From the street view.
And that's all for this week, folks. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. It was a great podcast, another banger in my opinion, and I hope you guys keep coming back and back and back. We'll keep peddling out some great musicians, some great acts. I know next week's is even better, and we hope you guys enjoy it. We want to thank you. I mean, I want to thank you so much for the love and the support. I cannot thank you enough, so I'm going to keep just saying it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Without you, this would not be possible. Without you, we wouldn't have a reason to do what we're doing. We want to keep bringing you great music from all over the world, and I really believe that's what the Jam Session podcast is doing. It's also what the Livecast podcast is doing because it's just giving us the opportunity to talk to musicians that we wouldn't get to talk to on a normal basis unless we were in their area. So I would just want to thank you oh so much. Thank y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast. We will be back next week, Thursday, 8 a.m. on the screws, and we will see you later, Tater Alligators.